Hello and welcome back to Franchise Sports Talk Basketball. We're at the point of the season where teams have played about 13 or 14 games each and um, we're going to talk about a few teams that have impressed so far and um, whether they can sustain it. So Sam, what team do you want to talk about? Um, not as much a team as one player. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it is very relevant to their team. Uh, basically, we spoke about the Sixers in our last episode and how they started slowly, but Harden looked good. Then Harden got hurt and it was all looking pretty bleak for Doc Rivers. And they're only seven and seven at the moment. But Embiid just had... I mean, one of the great back-to-backs in genuinely in NBA history. So, first he plays the Hawks, and he gets 42, 10, and 6 with two steals and two blocks. They win. And then the next day, the very next day, for a guy who there's always this supposed injury concern with him, although most of his injuries these days seem to be impact things, he goes 59, 11, 8, and 7 blocks against the Jazz. And um, he came into the season like kind of his attitude, people were sort of criticizing again. And there was some preseason niggling injury thing. Then he scored 100 points in one weekend. And defensively, they were really bad to start the year. And Bede was being a bit sort of like lackluster. Yeah. And he's now trying, well, he's obviously trying defensively because he got seven blocks in one game. And they're fifth in defense. They've got the fifth best defense in the league all of a sudden. Wow. I mean, that's and, a turnaround, isn't it? And it's gone from, oh, no, this Embiid's going to finally get his MVP to, oh, my God, what on earth was that? That was like a Wilt Chamberlain weekend. Yeah, I mean, that's going to help, isn't it, really, for the Sixers? Um, yeah, I think 59, 11, 8, and 7. That's probably going to, that might get it done. Yeah. Interesting that I mean I don't want to downplay it. Um, eventually, the two teams he did it against, I think maybe I mean maybe not to quite the same extent with the Hawks, given they've got Capella, but the Jazz particularly, who are another team, well, a team that have been like, but like the biggest surprise of the start of the season really. Mm-hmm. Their weakness, looking at their roster, is they don't really have any rim protection, do they at all? No, I mean it was admittedly against like Markin and Kelly Olynyk. Yeah. Um, so I guess the, the, I mean he, he's done it he's highlighted their weakness there after their kind of incredible start of the season um, quite emphatically yeah yeah that's like an absolute battering as well isn't it uh, what is kind of I mean you could also if again without being too pessimistic about it they still only beat the Jazz by 7 points in the end there and it was a tight game yeah. To the wire. Um, well, it was obviously a tight game because if it wasn't, he wouldn't play long enough to get those sort of numbers. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the Jazz. Yeah, they they have really been kind of ridiculous, haven't they? Considering what they did in the off season, it's like they. It seemed like they were going to go for when Banyama. Maybe that's what the front office were intending, but that's almost at the point where it's looking difficult already. Well, I mean, they've still got a shot in because they probably won't be a playoff team. Like, they might move some more guys away or everyone's going to get plantar fasciitis. But at this point, though, teams with this record at this point, historically, 
like a lot like a lot of them make the playoffs yeah I and mean, the they, playoffs they are could... expanded more than they have been for most of the like history of the nba yeah i mean it is obviously very much in play um although you then get into like the lakers are 14th in the west and they've only got five more losses than the jazz at this stage it's like that can swing yeah very quickly if they yeah it can it can swing quickly but there i mean i think there has been a bit of stuff um that will probably like revert but then also at the same time they have like a lot of their guys have just been like different players and better than they have been the rest of their career it's kind of thing that you think maybe could be like more sustainable like laurie markinen like he was kind of when he was really young. It was like, oh, maybe he could be this guy at some point. And now he actually is. So it's like maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe he's just good. And Jordan Clarkson passing the ball and stuff. So I don't know. They're going to be very interesting to see how long they sustain it. It's going to be very interesting to see if they choose to sustain it. I think basically because like Laurie yeah. Markham, this also this started in um, Europe this summer. He was playing, and we see it occasionally with NBA players they go and play in Europe uh, with their national teams, and they put up these absolutely outrageous numbers. And he was doing that, and then he's kind of carried it over. Um, and as you said, this is not like completely out of the blue. He was kind of thought to have this level of pedigree. Um, you're right, like they. They could just roll with it and like it's not unreasonable they're going to be a top 10 team i suspect um they're going to pull the plug at some point and maybe trade some more guys to try and get yeah i mean there's a good chance they do but it puts them also in a lot better position to trade doesn't it if they are like if they're good players well and if they're if their players are playing well so that even now though like they've got they've got the knicks tonight but they've lost their last two then it's Suns, Blazers, Clippers, Pistons, not as tricky. But then Warriors, Suns. Yeah, so the next six is that. They, they're like five really tough games. So that, yes. yeah, they could they could easily be back at basically 500 by then. Oh, he's he's um, off the seven. So after tonight, it'll be their next six. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, after they play the next night, it'll be a pretty brutal stretch. That. Yeah, it's really it's going to be their next like 20 games, isn't it? Next 20 games, if they win, they win over half of the next 20 games. It's going to be quite difficult to, like, completely just pull the plug. I mean, partly because it's at that point, they've already won too many games to get um, when Banyama probably. Yeah, um, they, yeah, that that's true. I, I think they'll probably leave it, yeah, like, Maybe a bit less than 20, maybe you do like a month. As you said, I mean, it can change very quickly. With that run, they could be back at 500, like in just over a week. And then it's sort of, then it's very quickly they lose another three or four, and it's like, okay, now we're back where we expected to be. Yeah. It might be to some extent um, teams like starting slowly, like really easing into the season, like teams seem to do more and more these days. That they've kind of taken advantage of. To and to be honest, a lot of them have been really close victories, haven't they? I think there's a few close ones in there. Um, 
Also, that this roster is actually like deep with guys who are NBA players. Yeah. Um, which, and they've not had many injuries. Loads of other teams are already doing like the missing three or four rotation players on some nights. They've just got like what eight, nine, ten guys yeah, I, that like can definitely honest, play in the NBA. A, a lot of guys is what like all of them can shoot. Really, I mean, nearly all of them. Well, that's basically what they've gone with. Yeah, is we're just going to space the floor. We're not going to have anyone protecting the rim, um, and that's yeah. how I guess you. you I mean, a lot of teams do that, don't they? You can't do anything about Embiid. Then I guess that's the problem, because uh, obviously not a roster set up to go deep at the playoffs. But no, this, I like, mean, it's basically just random guys they ended up with from trades, and yeah, and we're going to fire loads and loads of three-point shots. Yeah, I mean, right, that was. Kind of an unplanned tangent from um, Embiid. Um, <laughs> but I guess does fit my intro of impressive teams. Um, yeah, they don't don't get much more surprisingly impressive than the Utah Jazz this year. No. Have we, but, did, did you have anything else to say about Embiid? Um, not really. Just on the, the way the Sixers started kind of slowly. And there was some like, is he hurt? What's happening with the Sixers? And then I know they're still only at 500, but basically, if he's going to play even close to that, the Sixers are going to end up like in the top two or three in the East, as everyone expected. Because um, he basically was just doing the, like he's done at points the last couple of years, or for long periods, just, oh, he's, he's unstoppable then. Okay, fine. And they've now got better players around him. So even when Harden's out, that's going to be like a really formidable team. Yeah. Yeah, that it I mean if they can have a like a decent regular season. Again, like every year it's kind of they should be up there as favourites. Um there's so much reason Harden, isn't it? Really up how what he ends up looking like later in the season. Um should we talk about the Denver Nuggets? Yeah, yeah, from MVP candidate to two-time MVP, I yeah. guess. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I mean, their offense is just ridiculous. Again, it's which basically, I mean, it's not even quite going properly yet. Is that I don't think they're not, not really, maybe not firing all cylinders. They're shooting. I think it's it. Um, KCP and um, Michael Porter Jr. is re- shooting ridiculous. Percentages from three. Well, KCP is doing it on 4.6 attempts, 54.5%. Michael Porter Jr. is on 7.4 attempts per game, 48.3% from three. They're leading the league in three-point percentage, unsurprisingly. He he really is like an elite shooter, isn't he, I think? I mean, he's right up there. I've watched him a couple of times lately, and my God... But having Jokic with guys who can shoot like that, even with Murray working his way back, is basically not fair. It's completely unstoppable. Because Porter's just hitting everything. And like he's, well, I would say he's not going to keep this up forever. Not quite this. But this is the guy he's been at periods as an NBA player. Yeah. He was coming up in high school. And he's just like kind of like the, not quite a bailout option, but it's like ridiculous. Yeah, because his height as well, it's like, 
like he can I mean if it content um I'm saying contended shots as well is kind of like just as good almost. Yeah, because people can't really contest it. And he shoots high. He shoots yeah. high and he's what he's six he's six ten. six ten, yeah. Um so basically anyone who's guarding him because if you've got someone bigger than that, you have to have him guarding your kitch. Yeah. So that's kind of a challenge. Um Murray's also like shown flashes of getting back to being Jamal Murray. Um he's attacking the basket, which is kinda of like the key thing after an injury like that and how he suffered it. They just look amazing. Another one where like two and two at the start, they lost the jazz, which no one expected. And then uh then since then they're seven and two. And winning quite a lot of them by big margins. Fourth in offense. The defense isn't great, but Yeah, I expect that they might be even higher than that though by the end of the season on offense. Like the I mean they I'm I don't know, they're they're maybe the best defensive team in the league. I think on paper they are. Like so Murray, this is with Murray at sixteen point two per game. Um and shooting only thirty four point five percent from three, for under forty four percent from the field. His last season, he only played forty eight games, but he was twenty one per game, shooting over forty percent from three and nearly forty eight percent from the field. So yeah. they're fourth, fourth in offense with their second best player, like of nowhere near back. Yeah, it's outrageous, really. And Bones Highland is like doing some stuff off the bench. Yeah, which is yeah. What, kind of the re- everyone was down on the um, KCP trade because like didn't like the idea of Bones Highland as backup, but I mean he's he's pretty good, really. I also, um, it's been really interesting how they've used Bruce Brown, which is not like a particularly enlightening thing to say anymore because that's been what was happening at the Nets. But like, he, I watched him the other day when Bones Highland was out, and then he was actually back to like playing as a guard a bit. But yeah. they're also using him as this screener and like finishing plays from Jokic when he's on the court with him. So more than like, because when he was at the Nets, they had so many ball handlers, he wasn't doing any of that. He was like a short roll guy or basically playing as that like weird center sort of thing. Yeah. And they're using him, I think, in a slightly different way. Uh, it's, it's obviously like the health of Porter is, I think, basically the biggest thing there. Because like Murray doesn't have the same sort of injury track record, really. It's all about if Porter can be on the court enough, like, well, in the playoffs, I think. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's almost the, the regular season. It's not that important, is it? It's, which is why so many teams don't play their best players this time of year very much. Well, also because Jokic got them. They didn't even have to go yeah. in the play-in last year and they didn't have either Murray or Porter. So it's like, that, that bit kind of feels like it's sewn up because Jokic never gets hurt. No. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, they are definitely like... Well, I basically I'm hoping they were going to be back to being really good um, with Murray back, and it's like they're probably not even as good as they will be yet. I don't think this year, like later in the year, they'll get better. No, 
So they are definitely like on the tr on the right track, aren't they? They're they're not going to be dropping off from this position particularly. No, I don't think so. I think they're basically improving. It's only health that's going to slow them down. Um, and with how the other like supposed top West teams have looked. Yeah, I mean, the Warriors defensively are just not good, are they, this year? They just don't guard anyone. Um, there's weird stuff happening with Kawhi. Again. Even by Kawhi's standards of like quite strange. Um and obviously Phoenix have like started quite well, but you know, there's still some question marks there. The other team that's up there. Oh yeah. I kind of mean of the expected top teams because the nuggets are currently joint top with the blazers who are both nine and four. And I feel like, well, my little headline in my notes is underrated blazers again, question mark. Cause it seems to happen a lot this. I think it's a little bit of a smaller market thing. And maybe also a Dame Lillard not really being quite like appreciated thing at points. Um, where in the regular season they just win a lot of games when he's available. Yeah. So um, their their defense is like weirdly good. Which yeah, is the that's wrong the way weird around. Thing, isn't it? Is their defense last few years has been well, like bottom of the league almost. Yeah. And this year is not. Um, and they've not even had Gary Payton playing yet at all, which is meant to be one of their moves to shore that up. Um, so I don't know what that is. Do you want some numbers that suggest? Do you want the numbers that make it sound good or make it sound bad first? Um, good. So Jeremy Grant, the, another of their marquee off-season acquisitions, they are 6.8 points per 100 possessions better when he's on the court. Okay. That's kind of what you want from a guy you had. Um, they also are like a top 10 half-court defense by points per possession, which is, you know, that seems important, particularly the playoffs. And they're taking five more free throws than they give up per game, which is just quite a nice way to have like a head start if that's what's yeah. happening all the time. So that's all good. But part of the reason that their half-court defense is so good is like opponents are just missing shots more than you might expect because they're still allowing... They're in the bottom five in like the frequency of the share of shots they allow, which come at either corner threes or the rim. Okay. Which is exactly, obviously, what you don't want to give away. So they're not fouling people a lot, but they are letting them shoot corner threes and at the rim. Which yeah. doesn't lend itself to being... I think they're, they're like fourth or something in defense at the moment. They're like... They're right up there. I'll just double-check that. Seventh. Seventh. They're seventh defensively at the moment. Yeah. Mm, so it doesn't seem all that sustainable, potentially. I mean, because it's the perimeter defense, really. It's kind of the worry, particularly. And... I guess that giving up those kind of shots maybe isn't suggesting that that is any better. No, and the Simons Lillard thing is just not. It's not going. It's like got quite a hard ceiling on it. Guess Peyton gives you more lineup options to address that 
in certain situations when he comes back. There's also a kind of like athleticism issue in the paint, I suppose, to not like they don't have that obvious deterrent inside to stop people going to the rim. All the stuff that like on paper look like a bit of a problem, but at the same time they are nine and four, and like that that's still a record that's on the board. You kind of get a, you start to get to a distance within a season where it's like there's a suggestion they're going to drop off at some point, but then they will have the wins on the board, and the offense. I think will be better than the 16th it is at the moment because like Lillard's missed he's missed a couple of games, hasn't he? Yeah, more than a couple of games. He's only played. Yeah, eight. he's only played eight games out of 13. So yeah, that's that's always going to be a big difference of whether he's on the court or not, really. Um, so yeah, they've had a couple of really heavy losses though. Yeah, yeah, a couple, a couple of big, big blowouts. But then it's hard to know what to make of those. Um, like one of them, they ended up starting Shaden Sharp, who's looked really good. But it's like that this team is a long way from... The one they lost to the Suns, they had no Simons or Lillard. Yeah, so it's... The one they lost... Actually, they were, they were full strength, basically, when they lost to... The Heat, um, but the Heat shot forty percent from three. Yeah, I guess that happens, doesn't it? But then it also they're letting people shoot loads of corner threes, so that's also going to happen with that. It's like a kind of, you get a bit of a swings around about yeah. situation with it. Oh look, that team shot forty percent from three. Oh, you kept letting them have open corner threes. That might be. I'm yeah. Why? So I don't know. I'm I'm leaning towards this is not necessarily going to be that sustainable. I mean, they're going to be better than last year, but um, I mean, they're first in the Western Conference. I'm not expecting them to be first in the Western Conference. No, I was a bit higher on them than like the general thing seemed to be. They're like a, a bottom of the play-in sort of team. Yeah, I, I thought they were a bit better than that anyway. Yeah, I bet on the over on their win total. Because it was like, it's another one. It just always seems to be too low. I feel like some of that is like this Lillard thing where they just, it's like no one really appreciates what they've kept yeah. doing. Yeah. And for that same reason, you look at them and there, there is a sense of stability with having him there as well that quite a few of the other teams don't necessarily have. Yeah, I mean, quite a lot. I, I imagine quite a lot of the other teams, such as um, the Brooklyn Nets. Would, yes. would mine some of that stability. Or even like the Clippers. I mean, the Clippers aren't far behind. They're 8-6. and six, But like, they would probably quite like their superstar to, you know, yeah, be reliable. Play, play basketball sometimes, I guess. Um, on all the Timberwolves, yeah. There's lots of teams you could look at. They're kind of, yeah, it feels like they're very much in the same spot they've been for a long time. Good team. Not a team that's going to win the title but also better than this, like, oh, maybe they're the team that misses the playoffs. No, prob probably not. Like, right now, I'd say, like, they their chances of being in the top six seem, like, relatively good, I think. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I guess they're, they're probably got a better chance than Jazz there at this point. Yeah, yeah. definitely. 
And yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty congested up there. Yeah. But you know, they've, they've got, they've got a little bit of depth in their own sort of way as well. Cause the sharp pick looks to have worked like Peyton still not come back. And the fact that they didn't like crater in the game, Lillard was out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's looking all right, isn't it, for them? Um, should we move on to the Cleveland Cavaliers? Yes. Um, eight and five. So not... I mean, not set the world light, I guess. They were they eight and one. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's the thing, isn't it? Like, they had set the world light, and then they lost loads in a row. Um, Although the ones they've lost... They're narrow were... losses. With two points to the Clippers, seven to the Kings, five points with the Warriors that was closer than that down the stretch, and then a tight one with the Timberwolves on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, although the Timberwolves won, they were like 20 points behind most of the game. Yeah. And going back in the last quarter. Um, and yeah, I mean, second in offensive rating, third in defensive rating. First in net rating. Like, yeah. Pretty good stuff. And I, I'm, wait, strength of schedule as well. Higher numbers, harder, isn't it? Uh, yeah. I, I, I never really trust the strength, strength of schedule stuff, particularly early on. No. But they are second in strength of schedule as well with that, those other numbers. I mean, looking at the teams they've played, it, it does seem like. Right, they played the Clippers, the Warriors, the Celtics. They played the Celtics twice. So, yeah, I mean, they have played some pretty good teams already. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. that They basically set the platform last year, didn't they? And I think this year they are. I mean, I, I think I'm almost expecting to be top six this year, I think. Oh, I was I was before the year, and now I'm like, well, one of our preseason things was I had Pelicans and Cavs to be top four. I feel a lot better about that. Um, the fact that they lost those four games. So even that one the other day where Darius Garland went like... Yeah, 51. Yeah. He, he went like peak Jerry West for a quarter. And like, um, that was without... Jarrett Allen and Donovan Mitchell against yeah. the Timberwolves, who were another team who made this big all-in trade to suddenly like take this leap forward. They have not. They have publicly sniped at one another, and there's been lots of flapping arms and slumped shoulders. I've not. Team. I don't. I saw the public sniping. Uh, town saying stuff about Edwards turning up out of shape. Edwards saying things about. He doesn't like having a guy in the middle who can't shoot. He wants to have someone spacing the floor at the five. Like, well, that's bad news, isn't it? That's oh, good. dear. Um, they're six and eight. The Cavs, like we said, eight and five. But they were eight and one. And the four losses they've had, to be honest, the sort of losses that are like, don't know if that really makes you feel worse about them. They went to San Francisco and pushed the Warriors all the way. Yeah. They went like toe to toe with the Clippers, and then, like you said, with th- with two starters missing, they nearly pulled off this massive comeback away to the Timberwolves. Um, 
and they just they look amazing. There was this thing after the trade, wasn't there? There was kind of this. I they they've got Mitchell for a few years. They're waiting for the. They'll have a year this year where they'll try and consolidate, and then they'll be a real contender the year after. I feel like everyone might have just like kind of been a bit too low on that. Um, there's only three teams in the top ten in adjusted offense and defense. Yeah, it's the Suns, Mavericks, I think, and Cavs. Donovan Mitchell is like guarding people and stuff now. He's defending yeah. like he was meant to. I, like when I mean, he was yeah, drafted. if he's going to be a good defender, that does kind of change that trade for me quite a lot. I think I said at the time, it's like if if he's not going to be like a great defender, like he wasn't really at the Jazz. It doesn't look great when you have like two small guards in the backcourt. But if he's going to be a good defender, because he's got he's got massive wingspan, hasn't he? Yeah, he's he's one of these guys who like his height. Well, while in like some things, it does it kind of matters, doesn't it? But I mean, he's six foot one, but his wingspan is is ridiculous. It's not on here, is it? I'll just double check it. It's, but yeah, he's one where six foot one doesn't really tell the story. He's got a two oh eight wingspan. Yeah, that is is not like seven foot. Maybe uh, six eight. Yeah, it's still pretty big. That's pretty, particularly if you're only six foot one. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so you put, and I mean, also if he's going to defend like that and score over thirty-one per game, um, that's definitely quite a good trade. <laughs> And he's, his playmaking, I think, I mean, he, he obviously was running a lot of pick and roll in Utah with Gobert and all their shooters out there. But he's up at 6.1 assists, partly because Garland was out a bit. And just watching him, I, I feel like he, he looks better as a playmaker. Um, I, it might be that there's more like going on in the offense, so it kind of looks smoother. Yeah. But he was making some, you know, like the, the really elite ball handlers make these in the rhythm of a dribble, they just like a live dribble, like pass, so they just like swing their arm across. They just go along and then like, as they're doing it and you just straighten someone's hands. Yeah. And some like interior passes to the big man, which obviously he should be used to with Gobert. But I think Allen is a better, and obviously Mobley too, they're better with their hands in those situations. Gobert's like an imposing dunk finisher. Yeah, but he's not it. actually that great at these little like pocket passes and like feeding it around guys. Yeah, I mean, you alongside that, Garland is averaging eight assists a game. Yeah, already. So, and just out of fifty piece. Yeah. The other thing I like about them is, I mean, like you look down their list, like at the moment. I mean, obviously these numbers are going to change. Um, but one of these teams where they've got like. A load of guys that are like in the teens or above scoring. Yeah. Rather than being like two guys in the twenties and then everyone else. Although they do also have a guy in the thirties. Yeah. Donovan <laughs> Mitchell's one of eight players I think currently in the league that are over 40, 30 points a game. That's um, not gonna sustain. But it might no, but some of it could, who knows? I mean, it would break a lot of records if it did. <laughs> I'll have to look at who these people are now. Um, the other thing with, with them is... What, the eight, like, the eight people? Yeah. We'll, I'll, we'll go through them in a second. 
and see okay. who we think is going to hold it. Um, the other thing is Mobley, his true shooting has gone up by 40 points from last season. And just like, when I've watched for a couple of times, just a little bit more, he was kind of timid on offense at points last season, I thought. Like the skill was clearly there. And it's almost like he's got a bit more used to the NBA and being kind of more aggressive. And yeah. still got this really nice touch around the basket. The combination of that with these guys and Kevin Love still like doing a really good job off the bench. Yeah, you feel like they've got like the decent amount of depth there, haven't you? I mean, because they've obviously got Karis Levert as well as another guard off the bench. Well, he's so been starting at the score. three and he had that scorching game, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense to us. What I was about to say is they've, that maybe he's going to start because they've not, they're kind of a bit short in the wing spots. As um, in they don't have any, really? No. Um, so I guess it's just the three guards, two centres lineup. <laughs> but it works. The, the like antithesis of what lots and lots of other teams are yeah. doing now. The opposite of the Clippers. The Clippers have like a 15-man roster of 14 wings yeah. and a feature Zubac, basically. <laughs> yeah. But it works partly because Mobley's also, he's one of these guys who's so skillful and so mobile at his size. He can basically do all the wing stuff anyway. Yeah. Although he doesn't shoot freeze at all. Not yet. But do you think he will do? Well, you'd imagine so. Because he, he can shoot. What? Yeah, what, from like mid-range or like yeah. jumpers kind of thing. Yeah, he has at least got that sort of skill level. Yeah. Because it's kind of unusual because like, they've got two guys. I mean, they both average 10 two-point attempts a game. Allen and Mobley, this is. And both under one three-pointer a game. Yeah, there's not that many players like that anymore. No, and they've got two of them that usually play together all the time. Um, so it kind of seems like it shouldn't work in the modern NBA. It does. They, their offense is sort of, it's got more going on. I think that's the thing, is when we've seen other teams try that kind of thing, is it just, or like when the, the Nets have done it, it's kind of stagnated. Yeah. But like, Allen's a really I, good screener. Mobley too, but he does lots with the ball. Yeah. And I guess the other three guys as well are all like so dynamic. Um, it's not like maybe other teams, instead of one of those big guys, you'd have well, a, a big guy standing in the corner, not doing you'd have, anything. You'd have a PJ Tucker sort of guy. Yeah. Um, but those three other guys, well, they're basically all like guards, any of them could have the ball and like drive and basically run the offence. And I mean, Mitchell and Garland can also shoot from like miles out. The same, not well, not quite the same. That's kind of blasphemous. But it's the same as how the Warriors can play two-non shooters at times. Yeah. Because they've also got like two guys in the backcourt who are like having four shooters like on the court. Two, yeah, they're like two shooters each. Yeah. And obviously, yeah, that's what I mean. It's not, <laughs> I'm not saying that Garland and Mitchell are Steph and Clay quite yet, but there is a, the same sort of thing where they're pulling up from anywhere. Yeah. yeah. They're very, very exciting all of a sudden. They have to, I mean, obviously last year they were, but I didn't see it coming, to be honest, last season. 
to that extent, like their breakout. No. And now it does feel like they are proper contenders, potentially. I mean, maybe maybe not winning a title this year, but I don't know, because even going on like a playoff run. Yeah. At the moment. Just really hope they stay healthy because last year it was basically they were like a they were like this good last year when they were healthy. Yeah. And then they I just guess, I guess turns the thing is hurt. with having Donovan Mitchell now is that if like Garland's out Well he was he, he, he hurt his eye in the opening game he missed a lot of time and then Mitchell just kept scoring like 35 points a game. Yeah. Oh, okay. Fine. Yeah that, I, that's kind of one of the main things isn't it with getting him I guess. Um so before we wrap up, should we talk about this? Should we go for this list? Okay. Yeah, right. We're, we're going with what with the, the 30 point scorers. Yes. Remarkably, after how he started the season, John Moran is not on this, which I didn't quite realize. Okay, here we go. We've got the list. Right. Shall I, shall I read them out? Yeah, go on then. So there's eight players currently over 30 points a game. Um, I think it's... I'm stealing stats from our podcast here again. I think it was Brian Winterthal's podcast. Um, that there's not been more than two players over 30 points a game since like 2005 or six. That's amazing. Which was... Like one of them was Kobe, when Kobe Bryant scored loads of points with one of them that year. And then there's okay. not been more than four since like the 60s. Right, right. so like Wilt. Yeah, that was, that was Wilt Chamberlain at what average 50. That was that Okay. Year. Well, I don't think we're going to have anyone at 50. But... No. But currently, I mean, it's not... I mean, it's, it's still small sample size, but it's not nothing now. We're up to like 13, 14 games for some teams. Of these eight, two of them have played eight. 14 games, yeah. And um, we'll read them out. So we've got Luka Doncic, Joel Embiid, Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, Shea Gorgeous Alexander, Stephen Curry, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Kevin Durant. And the thing is, all those names, I mean, most of them, they're guys that you think, they, you know, they have 30-point seasons in them, I would have thought. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the thing, isn't it? Most of them, or well, maybe even all of them. How many have you got? How many have you got going over thirty? Well, oh yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Okay, let's go down the list. I mean, a lot of them are only just over thirty. Also, John Morant was over thirty until yeah. like yeah, he started the season off. It's twenty-eight point eight. So you like he could easily go back up into it. Um, I mean, I would. I, the thing is with this is that later in the year, when people play like short minutes, it makes it more difficult. Um, but I guess, like one name there, that, like Shelgrus, Alexander kind of stands out there a bit. He's been outrageously good this year. Yeah, been outrageously good so far. Um, but and barely yeah. shooting threes as well. He's only t- only making one point one three a game. What? He's just he's getting to the paint and just like... 94% free throw percentage as well so far. He has already had five games with 37 or more points. Yeah. Uh, 
I mean, I, yeah, I'm not expecting him to sustain that. Although, on the team, the team he's on, he is like. I mean, there may like there's not probably not going to be that much point resting him late in the year, and he's going to get have higher usage rate all year. My, I've got a different. I've got the opposite logic with him. Is if I assume we're doing this, you've got to qualify as on both possible reference is automatically checked if you're a qualifier or not. I bet he ends up not qualifying because they'll they'll um they'll give him an injury again. They'll give him a fake oh, the, injury. Oh, tanking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I I think he's got the usage and he's been incredible. He's been so good this year that I would happily think like yeah he yeah. could. He could just do it while no one's watching any Thunder games in like the second half of the year. He could just keep dropping forties yeah. and stuff. But I bet he won't be playing in them. That because they're they're definitely in the um, Wembanyama sweepstakes. Yeah, they want they want the, all of the lottery so, tickets. Shout yeah, Holmgren being injured. Like if he was fit, like it would, you would have thought they're going to like they're going to go with him and at least have a look. Yeah, have a look with. I mean, the Chet Holmgren Victor Wembanyama front court. I think would be we kind of need to see that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, okay, so maybe that's going to hold an impact. Um, so Mitchell, you obviously just mentioned. We've actually not got much time there. I'm going no on Mitchell, because lots of that's from playing without Garland. Yeah, yeah, when Garland's back, it'd be lower usage. Um, I mean, obviously, like Durant, like you think he, he easily could keep that up. Won't play enough games, I reckon. Or, yeah, or reduce minutes later in the year. And they're also not good, are they? 37 minutes per game at the moment. He might get traded as well. Who knows? Um, Curry's just started outrageously well. I don't know. I reckon Curry finishes like on 28. But I don't, you I don't say know. outrageously like like well. He's shooting 43.3% from three, which would usually be outrageously well. But it's like it's only just above his career number. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's not even that outrageous, but yeah, I don't know. Um. How many have you got? Okay, I think I'm, I'm going four. So which is which is still like record breaking. Yeah, we're okay. gonna have to come back to this. We'll have to come back to this next summer. Yeah, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to go like now. I'm going to say three. I'm going Luca, Tatum, Steph, Yanis. I think I'm just going Luca and Bede, Tatum. Oh, he's just gone for the top three at the moment. I have. The thing with Yanis is they've not had um, Middleton either. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um,. Yeah, yeah. Although I guess Embiid's played without Harden too. Giannis is also shooting his worst number from two so far since 2017-18. So he's got he's leaving some points on the table. Yeah. Well, I maybe we'll talk more about this kind of stuff next time. Yeah. All right. Random stat speculation. Tag this on the end. Yeah. So. Subscribe, five star reviews. Any, was there anything else? Nah, I don't think so. All right, bye then. Bye. bye.